Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me, I am so proud and pleased to see Kimberly Majeski. How are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you? I'm fine. You know, last week, Kimberly, we were talking about life during the pandemic. That's right. Has the world turned around for you in the last week? Or are you still in that place where you're ready for it to be over? I'm still in that place. Things are looking up and things look down. You just every day wake up and never know what things are going to be like. You know, in my family, and you know my family, Kimberly, I have four sons. They're adults now. They Mm -hmm. live in four different states. Every other year, the boys all have developed the custom of coming home to mom and dad's house with their families for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And this is our Christmas year. And one of the big dramas at my house right now is, is that really going to be happening? Because the pandemic has intervened with travel, it has interrupted businesses. I have a son whose business has literally collapsed consequent to the pandemic. And can we make it happen? And I'm just illustrating that even in my daily routine, which can be difficult to face because I feel like I'm in a cage, I don't have the options I used to have. It also has these impacts on just what other people do in our family and can we see them and Oh, forget my sons. How about those grandkids? I mean, you know, <laughs> all of that is converged to create stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this episode of our program, we are so excited to have back with us a guest who can help us cope to learn a little bit about what it's like in this pandemic and how can we be healthy and thrive, not just endure. And we're so glad to welcome back Dr. Gary Vaughn. Gary, thanks for joining us once more. Jim, always a pleasure to be here and with you as well, Kimberly. Gary is a psychologist. He works in mental health and counseling with one of the largest healthcare providers, a really great collection of healthcare providers in the Great Lakes area. And uh, Gary, we know that you have a queue of people at your office door because you are in great demand. You are one of the outstanding practitioners of your vocation, and so thank you for giving us this time. I appreciate that, Jim. Thank you for the kind words. So you really have Dr. Vaughn here to counsel us, Jim, with as we have him here under the guise of being our guest to speak to our listening audience, but we really have him here because we think he's a great guy and we need the help, well, I, right? You know, let's just put it out there. I'm a dysfunctional mess up, and so this is really, really a trick. We're barely <laughs> hanging on. A little free counseling here. That's good. Okay. You know what? But it's a good point to remember that sometimes we see counseling or therapy as some kind of extreme measure for moments or for persons who are on the edges and just are ready to fall off a cliff. Mm -hmm. And it can be a help then. But honestly, in ordinary normal life, there's great value at being able to process and to talk and to think through the challenges. And there are always challenges in life, but this pandemic has seemed to magnify that. Gary, do you see your practice shifting or changing? Do you see some of the things that people come to share with you or to put on the table and say, how do I get out of this has that changed during the pandemic? Well, I think, Jim, can I back up one moment to what you just said? That's a good point about people going into counseling. There's such a fear a lot of times still of, well, why would I need to go talk to someone about this pandemic? You know, Well, it's not the pandemic. It's what the pandemic has changed in our lives, which leads into exactly what you're saying now. It's the old, what has it changed? And I've seen the anxiety. I've seen more depression. When we talk about the holidays, which adds another component to this because we're used to being out with people and and family. And what's going to happen now if that doesn't take place? Well, we've had this 
cloud that's been hanging over us now for a number of months. And so if you're not talking about it, you're not sharing, that means you're internalizing it. When you internalize something too much, then the depression, anxiety can literally overwhelm you and take you down. And I think that I've been normally a fairly healthy and well-balanced person. I mean, that's my, maybe betrays my lack of self-awareness, but I'm, I'm wrestling in the pandemic. I'm really discovering what I'm calling pandemic 2.0, Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think we're in that season now. 1.0 for me were those earlier months of the spring into summer when I was living and coping with the belief that this will pass away shortly yes, right. exactly. and I'll get back. 2.0 is that realization. This is not going away. No. Right. It's not going away in the near term or in the foreseeable future. I'm not sure when it will ever go away. And if it does go away, will I ever go back to normal? That reality has really thrown me off balance some. And I'm so thankful for your your presence here, but also just the acknowledgement that all of us, no matter where you are in life, could probably benefit from simply speaking out loud about how I feel and trying to identify what is it that I'm feeling because it's just odd and it feels a little bit uh, gloomy sometimes or it feels frustrating or sometimes I just want to withdraw and get into a cocoon and just say, forget it. I'm just going to stay home and watch the corn grow. Jim, I'm going to go back when we were kind of off the air. Uh, Kimberly, you had said something about grieving. It is like a grief. And Jim, I think you hit a very big point. We wanted this to go away. And we thought of it almost in some ways, well, once this dies, then we'll go back to normal. Well, it hasn't died. And so there's this ongoing kind of grieving. And again, it brings back the fear of the unknown. What are the holidays going to be like? What's it going to be like? What, What was normal? Well, there's not a normal right now. So one thing I would really stress, and I don't want this to seem simplistic, but we have to stay focused, and this is going to sound odd, in the present. You know, we we start looking because we wanted it to go away. We wanted it in the spring. We were going to look at the summer, and then it'll be gone. And hopefully by the fall, well, here it is, and fall and winter, so to speak, and it's not gone away. But how do I focus on today? What is provided for me today that will help me to stay grounded, especially with the holiday season? How do I incorporate some things in the past that would still be present and needed today? So last time you were talking to Jim, Jim was on the hot seat. Now you're (laughs) speaking directly to me. As a person who avails herself to counseling, I can tell you that my response to fear is control. So I am trying to control what happens at the holidays, right? So... I, my father's 83 years old. I haven't seen him since last December mm. because we can't. We have to keep him safe. Right. So he lives in Nashville, Tennessee. We see him on the iPad. But you're saying to me, don't try to plan Christmas and how you're going to do it. You're saying think about what you can do today, how you can connect with him today, and let that be what it is. Yes. Kimberly, you've actually said it. We, we start looking so far ahead that we forget about today. And I don't want, again, be simplistic with that. That's the answer. What can I do today? How can I contact and talk to people today? Even socially, I know we talk about social distancing and wearing the mask, but so many people have isolated that they forget, what can I do today? What can I do to, to connect with people? It may not be face-to-face. It may be on the iPad. It may be the Zoom calls. But in some ways, it could be different as well. 
you know, maybe there are times that we can get out and I could meet you at a park or I could take you, you something and do something a little different, but it's not going, well, that won't help Thanksgiving. And we're not talking about Thanksgiving and we're not talking about Christmas. We're talking about what can I do today, this weekend. That's what keeps us more in check and really in a good way keeps the control without us feeling out of control. Earlier this year, I saw a film and it's a biopic about a real person who lived in World War II, and uh, he resisted Nazi uh, rule in Austria where he lived. And so it's a very dramatic story, and it's very inspiring, really, because he stood on principle. But the filmmaker's signature, who produced the film, is, is a kind of tedious quiet, because he captures life as it really is. So the thing that struck me about the film, beyond all the the storyline was that there were just long passages of the movie where you just saw this guy walking on a path and there's no swelling orchestra behind. There, mm-hmm. It's just the sound of his feet on the gravel of the path on a winding mountain little walkway to his remote farm. Or maybe it was a period of the film where he and his wife and children were just shucking corn in the house but nobody's talking and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's really annoying and yet it was really healthy. Because I'm watching this film during the pandemic, and I'm reconnecting to a way of life that we have lost in our modern age, mm. which is the ordinary. You're right. The quiet, the the routine of just being with a house full of people, but not having a television or a video game or a DVD to pop in or Netflix. None of those are necessarily wrong, and they can be a help in the pandemic. But I'm just saying I was, I was reconnected to maybe kind of a primal way of life right. that the whole world knew forever until the last 100 years. So Gary, tell us just how important social interaction is to our well-being. Okay, well, without sounding uh, funny here, we're, we're creatures of social beings. We wanna be around. In fact, I'm gonna go back some, it's gonna sound odd, but you'll see where I'm going. When I was doing my dissertation some 40 years ago, 35 years ago, it was on depression in the elderly. Mm-hmm. And we were measuring what would help. So we had a depression scale and we would look at interaction with other people. The odd thing was we found that even a postman coming to the door of your house, mm-hmm. if you were isolated, decreased your depression scale. Wow. A phone call. Literally, just one phone call, and this was an odd, which was sad. We even found that some of the people who had random calls that we all hate now, it was almost like, wow, somebody called somebody me. Somebody called. So the social component is so great. And Jim, what you said a moment ago, I think it's a combination of how do we look at quiet times, but also looking at some maybe simplistic times with it of what could I do to really uh, encourage someone. And again, I'm not trying to do this with the cell phone, but just to call you up, Kimberly, and go, hey, I was thinking about it. I just wanted to call you today and encourage you. Mm-hmm. That sounds maybe simplistic, but I'm telling you, we found from the research years ago, which is still prevalent today, that just having somebody to call and say, how are you doing? Not necessarily about COVID. Tell me a joke. Tell me something yeah. funny. <laughs> Tell me about cookies that you're baking. That's how you encourage things to be different today. And again, I think we've lost that. It's so striking to me that the pandemic has shut down so much of our ordinary life. We don't travel, that's obvious, in the way that we used to. Uh, We don't even travel away from our houses in the way we used to. I mean, 
I know some good friends who are limited to just a run to the supermarket or that most necessary stop at the pharmacy. But otherwise, they're, they're self-isolating because they have some uh, vulnerabilities physically. But how that's contracted the world for them and how the pandemic has perhaps most profoundly affected us in the way in which it's altered our relationships. I don't have people just come over to my house anymore for dinner. I don't go to other people's homes in the way I used to. The socialization, let's call up Gary Vaughn and his wife and go out for dinner or go to a film. You're right. Which, all of that is, is kind of faded away. And I think unconsciously or subliminally, it has subtracted from our lives mm-hmm. yes. and has, has created this gloom. So the pandemic and social interaction are, are huge subjects. You've just suggested a couple things, like a phone call, other ideas or, or concepts that you're discovering in your practice to help people maintain a healthy social interaction uh, beyond the moment where they are. Well, you know, some of the things we've already been doing, Jim, over the past several months, we had to for a while, you know, it's the old uh, going to someone's house and you wave to them from the, 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 the car to the front door. But, you know, I, I find even now and again, the weather's changing, but you can still visit someone. You can stand on their porch. They can come out. You can have a mask. You can do some things that literally we, we, we become so fearful of everything that we, again, I think we, we contracted into too far. So it's how do you take some people that maybe, as you said, Kimberly, um, Maybe I can't go see my my father in Tennessee, but there may be somebody locally that I could go visit. And sometimes we've, for, we've forgotten that. Or even if I am meeting you, Jim, you know, maybe I can't have dinner with you, but maybe I can meet somewhere. And literally, even if it's a little cold, maybe I can meet you and go walk at, at, at a park. You know, let's go meet somewhere and let's do something that we can still social distance, but we can interact. And that's so important at this time, especially as the weather gets colder and we tend to stay inside more. You have to find ways of interacting like that, I believe, to make it work. Well, and even altering what we consider to be necessary for a social visit. As you've just described, winter where we live can be quite brisk. But for me, I would not consider just putting on my coat and going outside to visit. But maybe that's what I should do. Right. Because I can, and that's a much safer environment than being closeted up in a small room with people. You know what my girlfriends and I did at the beginning of this, because we were locked in our houses with our children uh, and couldn't go anywhere. And this was early, and it was still very cool out. But we would meet for kind of like a tailgate. We would go to a parking lot and be in the back and we would be six, the car, we would park them six feet apart and we would, everyone would put their trunks and, you know, facing each other and we would have blankets Mm -hmm. and we would sit on our, in our trunks and talk to each other once a week. Yes, Kimmy, you've answered. And we started doing that at the beginning and then we've gotten away from some of those things. Yeah. We even said like, Jim, you can still have a, some people, especially where we live, you can have a bonfire out in your backyard. It can be small. Most of us have those heated grills with the propane. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that we forget about because, again, it doesn't fit, oh, I'd rather have dinner with you at uh, Red Lobster or something. Well, that may not be possible, Mm -hmm. but I can sit with you on a tailgate or I can be out at a park or I can be in my backyard with you and still have that interaction because the social component, the human element is what's needed. As you were talking, Gary, one thing occurred to me that uh, my wife and I have done and actually has been life-giving, even though we didn't anticipate it to be, 
And that was, we volunteer routinely at the local Salvation Army to assemble food yes. baskets for people who have been economically displaced by the pandemic. And the Salvation Army has a huge gymnasium and they have all this donated food and they have a system where you, you have a pattern where you just walk down the lines and you and you pack the grocery bags. And so it's all socially distant and everything, but you're in a room with other people and and we're doing something that working is together, working yes. together, Purpose. helping others, and we have moments where we can talk and stop, and everyone's masked up and so on. But actually, it forced us to look for things like that because we weren't able to go to a Sunday church service in the way that we used to, mm-hmm. or we weren't able to socialize in, in an athletic event the way we used to. And so we were on the hunt, and there the Salvation Army was available. And so for our listeners today, I mean, Surely there's a Salvation Army where you are or some equivalent where you actually get out with other people. And I'll say this. I've met some people, to my surprise, at the Salvation Army that I knew and didn't expect to see there. Mm -hmm. And it was very fun to reconnect. And I've met some people that I never knew before. And now I've developed new friendships consequent to that work. And it also, Jim, it gives you purpose. It's a new purpose. And sometimes that's what's lost when we're at home and we're in isolated, we, we lose direction. And so a purpose outside of myself, which again, you hear all the time, but we, we forget. Sometimes we internalize it too much and we have to externalize it and go, what can I do to change this? And that's a big part as well. You meet new people, but you also have a purpose of something you're doing for others. And it makes life meaningful. Meaningful, exactly. I'm not just, I'm not just cocooning. I'm actually doing something to advance the cause of life. And there is some real power in that. One of the things we learn with our students at Anderson University is that if we can get them to serve together, that there's this bonding that happens that is stronger than anything else we could do with them. So as soon as they arrive on campus, that very first arrival weekend, we want them to serve together. And uh, of course, times are different now, but I think that's really impactful, Jim, what you said, that when we're missing connection with people, if we can find ways and, pl- and outlets for service, that helps us not only feel purposeful, but connected to other people in a reason and in purpose for what we're doing together. And that's always been true, but never more necessary than right now, when we're naturally finding ourselves isolated. Well, you know, Jim, another thing that we, we've mentioned in the past, but it's important, being together with your family. Now it gives you opportunities to do some things from a different stance. My wife and I, it's opened up some opportunities for devotionals that we you know, maybe neglected a little bit. I'll, I'll take responsibility for that in the past. And now it's like, boy, this is a time to really share. It's a time to really talk and, and be able to be together and really open and with your grandkids or, or your own children. You know, uh, the other day I was had the opportunity because we were able to see the grandkids now, you know, that the, the COVID's kind of moved away from that part, but to sit down with them and just read a Bible story. I, I was, you know, if got, this is something I really need to make sure I, it is a priority. And why, why did I let go of this in the past? I need to make this a priority now. And it adds to it again, that growth makes you feel good, but it also is that social bonding. Gary, as we've been talking about the importance of social relationships, of relationships to to give life and to make our lives flourish, and in a pandemic when we're 
necessarily isolated uh, in ways that we're not accustomed to. I know that you're a man of faith. There is a relational component to a faith journey too, isn't there? That's correct. That, yes, yeah. that your spirit can relate to God. Talk to me about that and, and how you see that as a help to someone who's trying to find relationship in the pandemic. Well, let, let me not randomly pull a verse, but something always comes to mind. There's a verse in Isaiah that says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Again, man and female, if your mind's fixed upon him. And I think that's where it comes back. At that time when I feel out of control, and again, Kimberly, I'll go back to what you said earlier. I think any of us, and this is true, when we feel out of control, we try to control more things, and then we find that it doesn't work. And so I go back to who is in control of our life, and God uh, is in control in, in order of all things. Jimmy, you mentioned this earlier uh, in the past about we have a God that's, that's in control. And when I feel out of control, that's where I come back to. Lord, you said if I'm fixed upon you, even in things that I don't understand, you have control over it. And I think if we can say that and then actually go after that and pray that and spiritually each day connect with God on that level, that's a whole change of how that anxiety and fear will come down. And it creates a relationship. In a relationship, yes. Because it puts me in a posture, in a place where I am relating to God. Yes. And He to me. And that can be the key to open the door to a lot of other good things in life if we can remember that, especially during this pandemic. We're not sure where you are in the pandemic. Maybe you're finding yourself socially isolated and you're not sure what to do about it. Maybe you have fear of being in the company of other persons, fear of contracting the disease or actually giving it to someone else because, well, you're not sure if you're infected or not. I mean, there's so many ways in which our lives have been interrupted and our relationships have been interrupted. But no matter who you are or where you are, you can today begin and nourish a relationship with God. I promise you, you can do it. And it can help set the stage for everything else in ways that you never thought possible. Well, how do you do that? I mean, there's so many question marks in our heads when we think about how do I have a relationship with an unseen God? I'm not sure he even exists. I'll tell you what, you can join us right now in a prayer and see what happens. Our Father in heaven, we pause for a moment here to acknowledge you. And I know, Lord, that sometimes it's hard to believe you even are there because we can't feel you or touch you in a tangible, material way. And yet, you promise us that for those who believe you are and that you reward those who seek you, you have a way of, as we pray, becoming more and more a part of our lives. And so today we pray. We pray, Lord, that we will draw close to you and you to us, that your reality and your power and your intervening love will be evident. I pray for everyone who's joining us in this prayer right now that they might experience right now a prompt, a prompt even of your Holy Spirit that will reassure them that they are moving closer into a relationship with you. And for this we ask that in the next seven days that you will disclose yourself in the most remarkable and unmistakable way that each of us will know you are, you listen, and you are responding. Hold us close, we pray, for Jesus' sake, and in his name we ask it, amen. If you joined us today in that prayer, let us hear from you. Maybe you did not join us in the prayer, but you still wanna ask a question. Wherever you are in that continuum, give us a call. This number is toll free, 
It has a live person on the other end of the line 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Just dial 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We so want to hear the sound of your voice. But Kimberly, I know that there'll be some people who don't want to call, but they could find us online. Where would they go? You can visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. And if you send us a message there, we'll respond. CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Yes, if you send us a message, we'll be right on it. If you're accessing this conversation online in social media, you can also just put a message in the social media feed. We're checking that too. We'll be back in touch. Or if you like, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, use social media, or send me a letter, let us hear from you. Gary Vaughn, always so good to be in your company. I feel better already. Yes. <laughs> it's cleansing. Yes. <laughs> Relaxing. It's just, well, it's just thoughtful, mm-hmm. and it actually is insightful. And so thank you for bringing that wisdom to the table today. I appreciate you asking me, Jim. Thank you very much. And Kimberly, I am with you. We're going to get out of this uh, pandemic cage yes. one way or one another. One way or the other, yes. That's right. But I'll see you at the Salvation Army. We'll, okay. we'll pack some bags. That's right. And to all of you who joined us today, thanks for being with us. And we hope you'll be with us again next week when we bring you one more conversation with our friend, Dr. Gary Vaughn, about living and surviving and thriving in the pandemic. Until then, for all of us at Viewpoint and our ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.